Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. We are certainly enjoying in these months the ability to come. Of course, you can always dress how you want to uh, when you come to Harvest, but I am enjoying casual Sundays. Amen. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith and faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it with me. I am. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, I'm not on my way there. I am there. And some of you are saying, Bishop, it don't feel like I'm in my promised land. That's because you, 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 you didn't get the memo that giants only show up in the promised land. So if you got some giants in your life, I'm here to tell you, you ain't on your way to your promise. You're already there. Look at somebody and say, show enough, show enough. Amen. Remain standing, if you would. One scripture I want to look at, or one passage, rather, Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11 in your Bibles, it is right after index. <laughs> and, of course, we welcome everybody watching on all of our campuses today. We're excited about this new series, Core Week 1. This is going to be a real quick series. It's only going to last three weeks, but it's going to pack a big punch. It's going to be potent. Genesis 11 and 1, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Say one. one. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found the plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick uh, for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city. And a tower whose top is in the heavens, let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Verse 5, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. 
Uh, evidently, what they were doing was pretty big and pretty important because it made God leave his throne in the third heaven to come down to earth to see what they were doing. You know you're doing something big when God stops what he's doing to come see about what you're doing. Indeed, verse 6, the Lord says, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing. Now, I don't know uh, your pedigree or your scholastic background, uh, but I understand nothing to mean no thing, which means anything that they desire to do, they are going to be able to do because nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. You, you know there's some unity there when God says, I don't care what they want to do, whatever they do, they're going to be successful at it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, uh, God, as we jump into this new series, week one, Father. We thank you for core, Father. We thank you for those intrinsic values that you've placed on the inside of us that help to define us. And in defining us, it changes and alters what we do. And so, Father, we thank you that I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice, at whatever campus they're at, whatever identity issues they may be dealing with, they would be corrected by the time this series is over. Because when people know who they are, it changes what they do. And so, Father, I pray that you would give us a fresh download of identity. And every identity that's been stolen or hijacked by circumstances and situations, we say that's got to go. But the king and the priest shall remain. The head and not the tail shall remain. The overcomer shall remain. I'm talking to some champions, not, not failures and mistakes and accidents. We may have had some of those. But that's not who we are. We may have done everything other folks said we did, but we are not who they say we are. And we honor you for identity. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Just high five somebody as you take your seats and tell them core, 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 core. You can be seated. As we jump into this series, we're dealing with this premise that churches and individuals across America are dealing with a serious identity crisis. In fact, uh, identity theft is the number one crime, I am told, uh, in the United States, perhaps even in the world. It is where someone assumes the identity of another person in order to garner the results that being that person could get for them. It is because uh, they have insufficient identity or credit or resources within their existing identity that they have to adapt the identity of another. That's the number one crime and the number one issue we're dealing with in our culture today. And in this series, you're going to discover true identity. Say that. The person God created you to be. When you become the person that God created you to be, you don't have to constantly deal with the fruit of your life because you will be able to deal with the roots in your life. And if you can alter the root, naturally the fruit will be changed. I don't have to go up to an apple tree and command it to stop producing oranges. It knows it's an apple tree, so it produces what it is. And in this series, you're going to learn how Harvest has put biblical and practical values in place to build a church that will affect this community, this city, this region, and the lives of people in search of their true identity. So uh, in another experience, I had them to look at their neighbor and tell them by the end of today, but then I decided it wouldn't be fair to put all the pressure on one message, so we're going to give them three weeks to get it together. Uh, so just look at your neighbor and say, by the end of these three weeks, you will have no doubt about who you are. 
And because you won't have any doubts about who you are, it will automatically change what you do. And when you change what you do, you're going to be able to change the results that you see in life. Anybody want to see some good results in life? Anybody tired of the same old, same old? But I want to see something fresh. Well, if you don't do something fresh, how are you going to get fresh results? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Many of the struggles that we face aren't behavioral issues. Uh, they are identity issues. And another experience I use uh, uh, chickens and cows. And so I figured since uh, we are an equal opportunity uh, example giver that I would use cats and dogs. So, so we're going to use cats and dogs. Now, now, just for a moment, I need you to just relax and go back to play school with me and preschool with me for just a moment so you can uh, recalculate some things that, uh, that you did in preschool. Uh, the first is what do, what, do, what do cats do? What do they do? Okay, come on, y'all know. Come on, just have a little moment to just be a little nostalgic, just real quick. What do cats do? They meow. Okay, there you go. Okay. Some of y'all so grown, you can't even. And now what do dogs do? Okay, fellas, y'all do what the dogs do. Do what the dogs do. I'm not saying your dogs, just do what the dogs do. Okay, thank you all, fella. Now, we got woofers and meowers. Now, watch this. Watch this. I have never had to go to a cat and lay hands on that cat and command the spirit of the dog to come out of that cat because that cat was woofing. The cat knew who it was, so it acted like what it was. I've never had to go up to a dog and lay hands on the dog as, 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 uh, as uh, passive as the dog may have been acting. Because, you know, you got, some, you, got some, you, know, you got some dogs and then you got dogs. <laughs> you, you know the difference, you know. You got some dogs that, you know, look like bears. And you got dogs, you know, the little things where, you know, you, you can fit them in your purse or something like that. You, okay, so you got dogs and you got dogs, okay? So... I've never, though, whether it was a dog or a dog, I've never had to walk up to it and command the meowing spirit to come out the dog. I've never had to take some anointing oil and put it on the dog to stop it from meowing. So then why then, if we don't see that prevalent in the animal kingdom, would we then think that it's prevalent in nat our natural human existence? But, but so what are you trying to say? The reason some people act like what they're not is because nobody told them who they were. And when you tell people who they are, you don't have to spend a bunch of time dealing with all of their behavioral issues. When people know who they are, automatically it will change what they do. There's a different way that Bill Gates' children walk because they know who their daddy is. And so since they know who their daddy is, they're going to walk and talk and act a little bit differently. Donald Trump's children, whether you like him or not, his children are going to walk and talk and act differently because they know who their daddy is. I need some Christians that know who their daddy is. And act like it. I, I, I've never had to lay hands on a cat. I've never had to lay hands on a dog. Evidently, if the cat started acting like a dog, watch this, it's because rather than knowing who it was, watch this, it adapted the identity of something it observed. 
not knowing that what it observed was not apropos for it. It's called osmosis. Osmosis is where, uh, through being in the environment of a thing, that thing becomes like the environment it's in. Uh, and so many believers, they get in bad environments and bad circumstances and bad situations, and they begin through the process of osmosis to allow those circumstances and situations to define them rather than being defined by who God says they are. So you may be going through a tough situation. That doesn't mean your name is Jabez. You may be having some pain. That's what his name meant, pain. But that doesn't mean that, that, that that's who you are. You may be going through some tight situations, but that doesn't mean who you are. You may be in a situation where you failed right now, but that does not mean that is who you are. So I cannot let my circumstances, situations, or other people's opinion define what the word says about me. Are you still here? Now, when you're born again, and if you're not before the end of this experience, you're going to be born again because these last few months we've just been on a roll. But watch this now. You are now a child of the king, whether you act like it all the time or not. When you're born again, because everybody has unchristian-like moments. And if you say you don't have unchristian-like moments, the scripture says that if any man says he's without sin, he is a lie. So you just lied. So you just had an unchristian-like moment in church. Ain't that something? <laughs> now look at this. We all have unchristian-like moments. Got it? As born-again believers, and if you're not, you're going to be one. We are supposed to act like Christ. Christian. Like Christ. Christ follower. Disciple. Disciplined student of Christ. You got it? But now watch this. Aren't there times where we don't? Come on, by show of hands. Come on. If your neighbor don't raise their hand, they lie. So you can pray for them after, after the experience because they need to get saved. <laughs> but here's what I found out. We only act like we're not his when we're not conscious that we are his. I'm going to say it again. We only act like we're not his when we're not conscious that we are his. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, sometimes you may... Uh, in, in the course of life, you may, in the course of your day, you may come in contact with some folk. And as you come in contact with folk, um, sometimes uh, they may not be believers, right? And so uh, they talk a different way, say things a different way, uh, do things a different way, right? And, uh, and sometimes in those moments, if you're not conscious of who you are, osmosis will kick in and you'll start talking and acting like that. Oh, you know how at family reunions, how you get around those unsaved family members of yours, and all of a sudden all of your Christianity went out of the door because you don't want to offend them? You don't, okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing, okay? I can't get nobody to be honest with me. You, you don't want them to be uncomfortable, so you dumb down your Christianity. Well, I don't want to be a Bible thumper. Then what do you want to be then? Well, I don't want to be a holy roller. Well, where do you want to roll to hell? I don't understand. What, 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 what are you going to do? Either you're going to stand for God 100% of the time, or you're going to... Jesus said, I, I wish it'd be hot or cold, but he said, that lukewarm stuff, I don't know what to do with that, because I don't know what y'all are. Now watch this. We may have unchristian-like moments, because we forget to be conscious that we're his. 
We may have moments where we worry. Why do we worry? Because we lose consciousness that we're his. We have moments where we get stressed out. Why? Because we lose consciousness that he has ordered my steps, which means I have nothing to be stressed out about or worried about because if I'm in a tight step, baby, he ordered me to take that step. And I read the word that says he'll never put more on me than I have the ability to bear. So even if it feels tight, I'm going to make it through this because he wouldn't have told me to take the step unless he had faith enough to know I was going to be able to take the one after that when I'm conscious of who I am it changes what I do and that consciousness is called core values core values that 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 consciousness is called core values now Genesis 11 the text that we read is often taught from the negative aspect and the negative aspect is that God came down once you saw what they were doing, and the scripture says that he confused their languages, uh, and it became the Tower of Babel, where we get the word Babylon, which means confusion. And it was because they were confused that everybody spread to the four corners of the earth from the Tower of Babel. And the negative aspect is they didn't do it with God. And that's true, but there are so many good things in the text that are missed. Scripture says they had one language and one speech. Say that. One language. They had one thing that they said and one way that they said it. And watch this. Language and speech. When you deal uh, with anthropology and the study of humans, language and speech are a result of culture. We talk the way we do in our culture today uh, 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 because or, or, uh, our language and our speech are reflective, rather, of our culture. We talk the way we do today. Uh, because it has become culturally acceptable. It has become the cultural norm. So I use this example and everybody will be able to get it. What do we call money today? Bre okay, bread. I've never heard it called bread. I've heard cheddar. I heard some real interesting things. Another one. Bread. I bread. Okay. That's, that's a Denver thing. Cause I, we didn't call it that where I come from. What else? What else? Benjamins, what else? Ducats. I, that's the second time I heard that. I did not know that. I keep imagining those little ducks floating on the thing. Okay, let's use let let's uh let's use cheddar. Because this is a real easy way to paint the picture for you. If we were around during the times of the scripture, let's use the times of Christ, which are approximately two thousand or so years ago. And you said to somebody, man, I just got paid. I got so much cheddar. They would look at you and say, well, why are you carrying around cheese? It's not appropriate. That needs to be at your house. What you bringing cheese out here for? You didn't have, they didn't have pockets in their, in their garments. So they, where's the cheese at? Talking about all this cheese, man, just be running his mind, got no cheese. Because the culture was different then. Language and speech are a result of culture. Watch this. And culture comes from identity. People talk the way they do, act the way they do, do the things they do as a result of the identity that they have. As a result of the identity that they have, it produces a culture. That culture then produces language and speech. Now look at what the scripture says. They had one language and one speech. They had one what? Identity. They had one set of Core values. Core values are non-negotiable principles that define who you are and why you are that way. 
non-negotiable. Say non-negotiable. Now, we live in a very compromising, negotiating type of society. But if you're going to be who God has ordained for you to be, you're going to have to learn how to come to the table uh, 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 with no negotiating. I was going to say something, but I need to stay apolitical. You need to learn how to come to the table saying, I'm not willing to negotiate on none of that. I can work on that. I can do something with that. But I have a core value that defines me, that makes this and this and this non-negotiable. Oh, man, come on. It won't hurt. Yes, it will, because it is against my core value, which means it's against who I am. And since I'm not a meowing dog, I can't do that. Core values, non-negotiable principles that define who you are and why you are that way. Now listen, then, then the scripture goes on to say, let us make a name for ourselves. They want it to be great. And let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with being uh, wanting to be great. I think in our culture, in our society today, especially amongst believers, there is a thought that greatness is reserved for a few. But the scripture tells me that he has created us all uh, that we might have a measure of greatness. He has created us all as victors. He's created us all to be great. I can't think of anybody that woke up this morning and said, man, I just want to be a loser. I can't think of anybody that woke up this morning and said, I'm trying to figure out how not to pay none of my bills. I can't think of anybody that woke up this morning as a husband and said, man, I want to be the worst husband on the face of the planet. I don't want to get her done for no anniversary. I'm not. I'm going to forget her birthday, too. Oh, man, I just want to be horrible. I can't think of a wife that wakes up in the morning and said, God, please let me be the worst wife on the face of the planet. Let all of my cooking be horrible. On your job, I can't think of anybody that says, you know what, I just want to be the last one in the department. I want to be the least in sales. I don't want to sell nothing. Glory to God. Nobody does that. Everybody wants to be, say it with me, great. And there is nothing wrong with wanting to be great unless... Your desire to be great isn't for God's glory. Because if your desire to be great is for your own self-aggrandizement, I'm here to tell you that it's worthless. Jesus told us how to be great. And he said, the greatest among you is going to be your servant. If you're great without purpose, you're vain. Because greatness without purpose is vanity. And it will not, it cannot last. Then the scripture says, scripture says, Indeed, the people are one. Say one. one. At Harvest, you'll find uh, that we sometimes make up our own words, and we're coming up with our own dictionary. And one of those words we make up and, and somebody made up, and I've adapted, is oneness. Now, actually, truthfully, it is a word. It does appear in certain versions of the dictionary. But uh, until I heard it, I was not familiar with that particular nomenclature to demonstrate unity. Say it with me, oneness. <laughs> it's a word, it's a word, it's a word. The scripture says, indeed the people are one. They got oneness. They have one language, which tells us they had one culture, which tells us they had one identity. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Imagine God in his great splendor. I'm not talking about his omnipresence. His omnipresence is right there in your seat. It's right there next to you. It's above your head. It's that air you feel on the back of your neck. That's, his, that's the omnipresence. Got it? But everybody gets that. Amen. 
I'm talking about God in his manifested glory himself coming out of the third heaven where he dwells in his throne is and stepping down to earth and saying, what are y'all doing? Evidently, what they were doing was so significant that God stopped what was going on in heaven so he could come see what they were doing. Imagine when your life, God looks at your life and says, what you're doing is so incredible. We're going to stop what heaven's doing so I can come take a trip to view what you're doing. Don't tell me it's not possible. If he's no respect of persons, if he stopped heaven to come see about them, I'm a believer he'll stop heaven and come see about us. They got God's attention, and he was convinced that nothing would be impossible for them. How did they get his attention? Let's walk it through. They had one identity. They had one culture. They had one language and one speech. And with the power of that oneness, they sat out to build a city for themselves and to be great. And in doing that, they were successful. Now, now, I need you to hear that. They were successful. Here's an interesting uh, dichotomy. While they were successful, the success they enjoyed, watch this, was false success. Because God made, it, made them think that they were doing something great. But because they weren't doing it with him, he became intent to destroy it. Listen, what are you trying to say? You got friends and family members that don't serve God. And it looks like. And they think that they are successful without serving God. But God says, listen, I'm going to catch your eye on what you're doing. And if you're doing it without me, you can rest assured, God says, it will be destroyed. If you're doing something without God, don't think it will outlast the storms of life. Only what's anchored to and done for God will last. But nonetheless, it still got his attention. It made him exit heaven to come to earth to see about what they were doing. Touch your neighbors. He's going to come see about me. He's going to see about me. Now listen to this. These values, because we're going to jump into them, and we're going to do three today. These values will tell you who you are. But before you can know who you are, you need to know who you are not. Because osmosis has been going on, right? So you've had situations that have told you you're nothing. You've dated people that said, you ain't going to be nothing without me. Nobody's going to want you without me. You're gonna, you, you, you've had bad situations that have begun to place identity markers on the inside of you. And so before I can tell you who you are, I got to strip away everything that you are not. Oh, God, I wish somebody heard what I said. Before you can walk in the totality of who you are, man, you got to know who you're not. Otherwise, you will have spiritual schizophrenia, different personalities going on because nobody told you that's not you. You ever, you ever been dealing with somebody? And the day you were dealing with them, they were one person. And you were like, oh, okay. Man, he is so nice. He's so nice. Praise God, I tell you. And then you catch him on an off day. Amen. 
and you're trying to figure out now which one of you is this? Bishop, 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 why is that? Because they are trying to compete. Who they are is trying to compete with who they're not. And that internal struggle comes out in treating people badly. Oh my God, I'm going to say that again. That's totally free. Who they are is trying to compete with who they're not. And that internal conflict reflects in how they treat people. It reflects in how they treat themselves. It reflects in how they think about themselves. So the first thing, every week in this series, I'm going to give you one thing that you're not. Got it? The first thing that you're not is alone. Now, he said, Bishop, 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 what do you mean? What, what, what do you mean I'm not alone? You're not the only one that has had to deal with what you're dealing with. You're not the only one that's felt insecure. You're not the only one that's felt inferior. You're not the only one that's felt angry. You're not the only single parent trying to raise your children. You're not the only one that's wondering, God, why am I here? You're not the only one that feels uh, inadequate. You're not the only man that's wondering whether or not he's got what it takes to lead his family. You're not the only woman that's wondering whether or not she's doing a good job with her children. You're not the only person that's going through some financial issues. You're not the only one going through. And what I found out is when you're going through things, one of the greatest weapons against us is the thought that we're alone. Because when you're alone and isolated, it begins to make you docile. Uh, if you were in uh, an insane asylum and you exceeded the threshold of uh, the level of insanity that they allowed to be in the general population, when you exceed that threshold, they're going to isolate you. And one of the things they're going to do when they isolate you is put a straitjacket on you. Now just keep looking straight ahead. Don't tell on yourself now. Now, now hear me, because I just need you to get the illustration. Why do they put people in straitjackets and isolate them? So that they calm down and they become docile. When you think you're alone, you will begin to lay down and take what happens to you rather than standing up and squaring your shoulders back and saying, I'm not going down like this. I'm not the only one. Where are the warriors at in the place? I'm not going. If I'm going out, I'm going out blazing in glory. I'm going out with a fight. This is not the only one. Not the only one been fired. Not the only one been laid off. Not the only one filed bankruptcy. Not the only one had a divorce. You are not alone. But if you think you're alone, you will begin to lay down and take life rather than happening to life. That's what depression is called. It's called laying down and letting life happen to you rather than happening to life. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus said, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come, Jesus says, that you might have life and have life more abundantly. So if I think I'm alone, it will make me a victim. You're not the only one been cheated on. You're not the only one been betrayed. You're not the only one been dumped on Facebook. That's the new way they do it now. Y'all didn't know. You're not the only one been dumped on Twitter. And they didn't even direct message you. They put it on front and put it on your whole page. That's what they do now. Y'all don't know that's what they do. You're not the only one. You're not the only one that's had a bill in one hand and your tie check in the other hand trying to figure out And when you think you're alone, you will become docile. You are not alone. I'm sure in Genesis 11 that there was somebody that felt like they 
were going through such a bad situation that they were the only one. But what I love about it is the scripture doesn't even identify that. I know humans, so I know somebody was thinking, oh, man, I just don't feel like building today. Oh, I got so much going on. Life is so tough. But you know what? One of them, one of them uh, oneness people walked over and said, listen, I don't understand all of what you're going through, but let me tell you something. Pick that brick up and get over here and get to work. Oh, but it's just pick that brick up and come over here. But you just pick that. Don't make me have to say it again. So you need some people around you that when you're trying to have a pity party, they take your tissues, they take away your lifetime movies, and they say, get yourself up from this place. You are not going to go out like this. High five somebody say, I ain't going out like this. I ain't going out like this. And if you don't have nobody in your life to tell you, thank God you got a pastor that will get in front of you and tell you, dry your tears. Get up off of that mess. Get up out of that depth situation. Pick yourself up. This is not the end. God gets the last word and he ain't through talking. Core values. Identity. <laughs> they are tantamount. They are one and the same. Now, these core values, as we go through as a church, I, I believe I've already said this, but they don't just apply to us as a church because the church is the people. So you'll find that these are core values you ought to have in place in your life. These core values are not just some arbitrary list of rules or religious rhetoric. What is religious rhetoric? Uh, when praises go up, blessings come down. That's rhetoric. That's rhetoric. No, when seed goes up, harvest comes Got it? Values determine culture. And these guide us and are non-negotiable as we aggressively pursue our mission to lead people to totally as one church. Here's the first one. We are united under our visionary. You saw it there uh, in the trailer. We are united under our visionary. Harvest is built on the progressive vision that God has given to me as your pastor. We will aggressively defend our family-like unity and that vision. We are one people doing something great for God. I know we live in a day now where people will go to a church where they do not like the pastors just so that they can get credit with God. And let me help you understand something. Don't think you're doing me no kind of favor. You don't like me? Baby, that door ain't never been locked. We have oneness here. We don't do gossip and cliques and all of that and Korah. And all, we don't do all that. No, we are united under the visionary. There's one pastor. There's one vision. Got it? Can't have two visions. That's division. And anything with two heads shouldn't be listened to. It should be looked at because it's a monster. Oh, I don't hear nobody saying nothing. Psalm 133 says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to go together in unity. What's that other word I gave you? Oneness. It is like the precious oil upon the head. Running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Ermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. When we are united under our visionary, God says, I command a blessing on you. 
Now, evidently, there is a difference between the blessing being available and the blessing being commanded. The blessing is available for every believer, but obviously God doesn't command it on everybody. So if I get unity in my life, the word says God will command the blessing, which means God says, I don't care who I got to get out the way. I don't care who I got to move. If I'm ready to command the blessing on you, I will command it on you, but I only command it when there is oneness. Got to have oneness in your life. And in, in, in your family, you got to have oneness. On your job, you have to have oneness. <laughs> got to have unity. Got, got to be one. Got to have one identity. Could you imagine going to Burger King? I used another franchise, the other experience. Going to Burger King and hearing the people uh, fight and squabble on the mic. You drive up to order your Whopper with cheese. Amen. Amen. Glory. Not the only thing you can eat from there. Okay, so anyway, so you get your Whopper with cheese. I'm just joking. I love your chicken sandwiches too. Okay, so anyway, original. Not the new one, original. So, so anyway, but you got to add cheese and onion to it. Cheese and onion to it. Got to add cheese and onion. <laughs> Could you imagine, you know, hearing them? Uh, you know how they do the little pre-recorded thing? Hello, welcome to Burger King. Would you like to try a new milkshake for just a dollar and all that? Okay, and in the back hearing two people fight. No, man, give me the mic. Give me the mic. No, man, man, you're supposed to be on fires. No, man, you go do flip the burgers, man. Because you man hearing them fight. So then why then do you allow that in your life? See, watch this. You are a tripart being, spirit, soul, and body. You're a spirit that possesses a soul, mind, thoughts, will, and emotion that lives in a physical body. If there is not unity in those three parts of your humanity, no wonder you can't get nothing done. Because your body doesn't listen to your mind. And your mind doesn't listen to your spirit. And so what you then have is you have three different directions in your life. And guess what? If that's pulling that way, that's pulling that way, that's pulling that way, where am I going? Nowhere. If your flesh is pulling that way, your spirit's pulling that way, and your soul, your mind, thoughts, feelings, emotions are pulling you over there, all of that tension is going to cause you to be stressed out and immobile. You've got to have unity in your life. And God says, when there's unity, I command the blessing. You've got to have folk around you that are going to be. Why do you spend time talking to folk that you know are going to make you behave unchristian? You already know when you call them, you already know. You ask for forgiveness in advance because you already know this conversation, something is going to go down. Come on, can we be honest? Don't y'all look at me with that religious, sanctimonious, pontificating tone of voice. You already know there's some people. Oh, gee. Matter of fact, you wait, you wait until the very last minute you can possibly call them. And you hope that it's going to go to voicemail. Well, here's my point. Why call them in the first place? But, Bishop, that's my cousin. That ain't nowhere in the Bible. Bishop, that's my mama. That ain't nowhere in the Bible. Jesus says, whoever does not love his mother, father, houses, cars, sister, daughter, less than me, isn't worthy of me. So if I know you're going to make me un-Jesus-like, I don't have nothing to say to you. If I know you're going to make me want to talk in tongues, but I don't need no interpreter, we don't need to talk right now. Because I love you less than I love him. Second value. We are committed to being 100%. Y'all help me, and I'll preach it in three minutes. We are committed to being 100%. I said we are committed to being 100%. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Whatever you do, that means on your job, 
That means in your family. That means if you're washing clothes. That means if you are scraping the dead skin off the back of your heel. With your petty paws. That means if you are giving yourself your own just for me in your kitchen. Whatever you're doing, the scripture says, do it 100%. I can't stand people that do stuff but can't do it 100%. If you're going to do it, baby, do it 100 Give it everything you've got. You know when you talk to somebody that's not 100%. That customer service rep that you can tell they like their job, but yet they ain't got enough faith to get something else, so they just torture you? Say amen to that. And you're thinking to yourself, you just need to go home for the day, take you some sick time or do something, because I, I, you are not going to talk to me like that. Like that checkout clerk that you know has worked double shift that day. and they, If you can't give 100%, then, then, then you need to ask yourself, why not? Scripture says, whatever you find yourself doing, which means if you work at McDonald's, you said, oh, but Bishop, this is a dead end job only because you think that way. If you work, listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You better flip them burgers like, listen, like, like you are five guys himself. You take them fries out and you deal with them fries. Why? Because if you cannot do menial things 100%, God ain't no fool. He ain't going to give you something great so you can do it slopping. Oh, Bishop, I'd keep my house clean if I had one that I like. No, you wouldn't. You can't keep your shack clean. Bishop, I'd keep my car clean if I had a nice one. No, you wouldn't. Your hoopty is dirty. Don't tell me what you do when you won't do it with what you have. Bishop, if I had another wife, I'd treat her right. You don't deserve her, and you ain't getting another one. What are we 100% of, Bishop? 100% givers. Because we can't do what we need to do if everybody decides, well, you know, I'm just, no. No, no, no. We've got to be 100%. We're 100% debt free. Scripture says that the borrower is a slave to the lender. And so what we need is a body of Christ that is liberated from debt so that there's not a slave to anybody except to Jesus Christ. 100% favored. God's love is free. His favor is not. His favor requires your participation. We want you to be favored. Then 100% loving. What good is it to know Scripture and know the Word and you're not a loving person? You're not a kind and compassionate person. 100% blessed and 100% Excellent. Excellent is not having the best. It's doing the best with what you have. See, so you can be excellent and only have one pair of shoes. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Too many people wait to be until they become, but they never become because they never were. Get the tape for that one. If you got one suit, you better wear the mess out of that suit. Wear one week the whole suit, wear the next week with just the pants, then the next week wear the jacket with some jeans, then the week after that wear the pants, but iron the crease out so they look like different. You better learn how to work what you got. If you ain't got but this much hair, you better learn how to do your shopping over at the hair joy or wherever you got to go. You got to be excellent with what you have. Bishop, I didn't, get, I didn't get nobody a gift because I didn't want to get a gift that wasn't like this. No, you better learn how to work what you got. Yeah. Fellas, work what you got. 
third core value, and I'm done today, that we're going to cover today. We are all about the numbers. Amen. We are all about the numbers. This means results. Say results. I know we live in a culture uh, that suggests that uh, something's wrong with results, and I'm suggesting that that is the Antichrist spirit in its full-fledged nature because it makes Christians think it's okay to never have anything to show for life. And hear me, I'm not just talking about material stuff because I know lots of people that got lots of material stuff and, and, and ain't got nothing else. And so what good is it to have a bunch of stuff but nobody likes you so you got to enjoy your stuff by yourself? No, 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 but don't have no joy. I have no peace. I have no results to show. I'm here to tell you, if you think that your Jesus wants you to just get by, I'm here to tell you, you met the wrong one. You need to meet the real one, the one of the Bible. God is all about the numbers. Bishop, what do you mean? Jesus told us to go into the world and make disciples. So we unapologetically set goals and track how many decisions for Christ we see. And when you see what happened last weekend, you're going to go bananas. How many people get involved? And how many harvesters are actively serving in the church? These numbers by themselves do not impress us as we desire to build spiritually mature people. But they are an indicator that our church is alive. Now you're saying, Bishop, what are you talking about results? I'm talking about, uh, let me give you a great example. Matthew 25, you can write it down, study it in your personal time. It's the parable of the talents. And you see a master give one man one, another man two talents, and one man five talents. And the man leaves, and he says, listen, I want you to take these talents. The talent was a measure of money. I want you to take these talents, and I want you to do something with it. I want you to make something happen. See, so many people are so concerned about what's not in their hands that they miss what is in their hands. And so the man with one talent, you know what he says? He says, listen, I'm scared. I don't want to take a step of faith. So he buries that talent in the ground. The man with two doubles it. The man with five doubles it. So the master comes back and he says, listen, I've come to settle my accounts. And so what do you have to show me for what I gave you to start with? I need you to hear that. God, when this life is over and you enter into the next phase of what we call life, God is going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? Oh, but Lord, I didn't have this. I didn't have this. I didn't ask you what you didn't have. I asked you, what did you do with what I gave you? Did you take the cards that were dealt to you and play them well? Life is not about getting the best hand because sometimes you're going to get a hand that is garbage. But you got to learn how to take a garbage hand and how to play it well. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The man, master comes back and he wants to sell his accounts. And as he's selling his accounts, he says to the one with one, well, what do you have to show me? He says, well, I was afraid, so I hid it in the sand because I didn't want to lose. I knew you were a hard man and that you, 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 you sown where you have not reaped uh, or you reaped where you have not sown and so on. And so I, 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 I was scared. I, I, I couldn't take a step of faith because I didn't want to get hurt. I couldn't take a step of faith because I didn't want to lose anything. You better understand faith always involves risk. He said, I buried it. Looks at the man with two. He said, what'd you do? I doubled it. Looks at the man with five. What'd you do? I doubled it. The master then says, I tell you what, hey, you with one, give me that back. And I'm going to give it to the one with 10. Now he's going to have 11. And let me tell you why. Because you're wicked and you're lazy and you're unfaithful. You knew I expected results and yet you didn't do anything to prepare for results. 
when you're not results-oriented in your life, you know what you'll do? Stuff that doesn't get results. And don't we do a lot of stuff sometimes? You, let's say it like this. Didn't we used to do a lot of stuff that didn't get us results? Some of y'all sitting up, I just don't know why I keep dating the same kind of person. Because you're the one that ain't caring about results. You got excited about nothing and started dating them. Where are the results? Show me something. Not this material thing. Show me something. Where are the results at? You got to be results oriented in your life. If you're doing something that's not producing results, why are you doing it? i tell you why. Because when you are unconscious of the fact that God expects results, you will live life producing no results. And I'm here to tell you, your God has created you to produce results. God's all about the numbers. God wants to look at your life and say, you know what? They're not quite where I want them to be right now, but they are much better today than they were the day before that. I just need some people that can get excited about a little progress. I, I may not have apprehended everything, but baby, I made a little progress. Anybody know how to celebrate a little progress? Stand on your feet. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.